The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Future Sox Podcast. My name is Mike Rankin. I'll be your host, James Fox, alongside us. Today, we have Trevor Wiltz of the Canapolis Cannonballers. That's right, the Canapolis Cannonballers, single-A affiliate of the Chicago White Sox, radio play-by-play and baseball ops manager of the low-A affiliate. Trevor, good to talk to you again, sir. Boy, what a, what a year. What a two years, really. In 2019, it was announced late in the season that the Intimidators were going to transfer over to the Cannonballers. Total brand change, brand new stadium, and here we are in 2021 in the opening year of the ball club and the franchise, really a new leaf. Uh, what was it like after last season, or no season, prepping that whole launch and having to be put on hold for a season, and now, you know, at the start of 2021, all the protocols and things starting back up again, what was the process like for you? Yeah, first of all, thanks so much for having me on, Mike and James. Uh, you guys do awesome things and uh, always, uh, of course, appreciate y'all's support of the Chicago White Sox, uh, but more importantly, the Canapolis Cannonballers. But again, hey, it dated all the way back to the Intimidators. But guys, it yeah, the last two years has been just absolutely bonkers here in Canapolis. I mean, it, 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 I know it was tough for everybody, uh, of course, with COVID last year, but for us, brand opening up this brand new ballpark, $55 million in the heart of a $300 million project in downtown Canapolis. They're really making a baseball town. And it was just, it was absolutely devastating to hear the news. And of, of course, we all thought, hey, this is only going to last a couple months. We'll be good to go. We'll start back a couple months later. Uh, of course, that didn't end up not happening. All the boys got sent back home. We all got sent home as well, all downloaded uh, teams. And <laughs> so I probably should have bought stock in teams whenever that first started. But uh, but nonetheless, guys, I mean, it's been, of course, it's been a blessing to stay on staff and to stay around here. And I learned how to, to chef. I, I had to learn how to bartend. Uh, and we, we turned into a public park uh, during these hard times. And so I, this is how I kept my job and wasn't a broadcaster. I was a bartender in the Wrightville Bar, and we became the number one bar in Kannapolis, and, and that was a lot of fun. Became one of the top restaurants in Kannapolis, too, as Trevor Wilt was cooking up some hot dogs, hamburgers, and steaks for people. So it was it was uh, very, very crazy, but uh, we're, it's glad just glad to, to have the boys back in town. And although I know the start of the season hasn't gone the way we wanted, hey, we're playing baseball, and that is the number one thing. If that doesn't scream minor league baseball, I don't know what does. Trevor, that's fantastic, and I'm so happy to hear the organization was able to make a, 
make some accommodations to survive on their own uh, across the uncertainty that was 2020. And now 2021 has some certainty, and that is baseball. And like you said, Canapolis Cannonballers are coming into this year with a, with a lot of hype in terms of just the amount of talent on the roster to start the year. A lot of young talent. And, well, it hasn't gone exactly as planned in terms of the record. Uh, and even some of the play on the field is left to be desired when you look at things. But on a broader scale, we understand that after a year off with the young talent on the field here in Kannapolis, it, it's going to take a minute. But there is a lot to be excited about, and I'm excited to hear what you have to say about some of your evaluations of the roster here. So let's start there. What are some of the takeaways that you've seen across the first week plus of the season? Uh, just very inexperienced group. And so whenever you – and it's not the, – the play isn't that bad. I mean, the play, it may not seem great whenever you, everyone's looking at the box score. The, I mean, guys, the bodies that are down here, these are some big dudes. They, I mean, even these 19-year-old kids, Benjamin Bailey coming out, like uh, DJ Glad, like these guys, there's some – there's some stellar looking athletes and whenever they, whenever they get all, all the screws kind of loosened up uh, or tightened up, they're going to be, this is going to be a good squad. And and like you said, Mike, where things have been, everyone had the hype of the Kannapolis Cannonballers because we had 10 of the top 30 prospects in the Chicago White Sox organization. And, and I, of course, like that's, that's, you can't go around that. That's what we have, but it, it does take, these guys learning the game of baseball and a lot of these young uh, Latin guys that from Cuba, Venezuela, stuff like that, they just, they're still making a lot of rookie mistakes where it's just a, a ball hit cleanly to them at second base or at shortstop. And instead of making the sure out, they'll end up going for the, for the heroic play. And next thing you know, they're uh, an error is thrown just because they're, they, the decision that they had probably before the ball was hit to them. Hey, let's make the sure out. As soon as it got hit to them, I, I don't. I think their uh, their nineteen year old instincts kicked in. They went, you know what? Let's try to make this heroic play, and it just hasn't happened. And, and so it's it's actually led to, of course, a few tough losses late in the ball games that they've given up some given up some leads, or maybe they were they were already uh, they were behind and they came back. And like James Beard, whenever he hit that walk off, or not that walk off, where he hit that grand slam uh, to really get us back on that that opening day, that was a lot of fun. But I mean, just Pitching, walking a lot of guys, but it's, I don't know, it's, it's, it's been a lot. I mean, we have some really good prospects, of course. Jared Kelly, the dude's an absolute stud. Uh, I mean, but he's, he's had the toughest outings out of every pitcher. And uh, so it, it's, it's funny how that stuff works out. That's baseball, right, guys? I mean, that's just, it's not, Matt Thompson, man, I really like his stuff. I really do. He, he's got a lot of energy up there on the mound. Uh, top five prospect in the Sox organization. Really like what I've seen from him up there on the bump. Andrew Dahlquist, another guy that is kind of a lot like Jared Kelly. Again, top 10 prospect in the in the Oregon. And next thing you know, we see him up and they're like, oh, no, like why is this happening? But, hey, it's baseball. The guys are going to learn through it. They're just getting a crack in minor league baseball. They would have this these struggles in, in Great Falls if rookie ball was still a thing. But instead of doing it there, they're just doing it here. And, of course, it's a, a broader scope. I mean, we got a brand-new stadium. We got so many more fans now coming to the stadium. We have a lot more attention on us, and and I and I think it is it is starting to get to the guys. But what, whenever you look down the line of Brian Ramos, Benjamin Bailey, Jose Rodriguez, I mean these are some really young guys, um, international signings in 20, 2018, 2019, that can that that look good. They they look to build, but they're just learning and they're young. And Guillermo Quiros, first year manager, 
He's young. He's got some other guys that, uh, with him as well. Uh, that of course, uh, John Eli, that are still starting to to figure out how things go. We got Pat Leland, of course, the the son of uh, the, the legendary and, and the great um, uh, Jim Leland. So just a lot of fun, but a lot of inexperienced people from from top to bottom, and they're going to learn. and And they still have some really some really uh, awesome attitudes when it comes to their day to day operation. But man, a, a cool story. AJ Gill, I think that's awesome. I'm actually going to interview him. Uh, sometime today for an for an article for a feature story. I'm a dude's bat like 350 and is a Division three baseball player. Like Division three in minor league baseball, it's absolutely unheard of. And he's rocking and rolling right now. He's a he's a bright spot for us. So a lot of cool little stories as well uh, in and throughout the Canapas lineup. So one of the guys you mentioned, Jared Kelly, obviously he's he's the highest ranked prospect in the system right now with the you know the big four graduations into Chicago. So like, what have you seen from him so far? Obviously, like. Box score scouting, you know, the numbers don't look great. I, I saw somewhere maybe that he kind of lost some velocity, like as his start went along. So what? How? What have you seen from Jared Kelly so far? Yeah. So what? Uh, he's got the fastball, the slider, and the changeup. And and I, I've kind of I, I wish that I could say that uh, whatever you just said, whenever you said uh, that he's lost his fastball later in his in his outings. But of course, well, he's barely made it past the the second inning uh, in his in his three outings, but it's it's so tough to it's it's so tough to say man like whenever i saw jonathan stever pitch in canapolis a couple years uh what now two years ago i saw it like i i was like you know what this guy's got some really good stuff but he's just getting hit hard and in and the funny thing is guys uh, mike and james and in in low a and especially uh and now with us being the the debuts for a lot of kids there are a lot of young guys, and there are a lot of guys who really don't have an approach when they come up to the plate. And I'm talking about for both teams. Um, they don't have that much of an approach. They don't have a polished approach. And, you, I mean, of course, you don't get that until you're probably uh, Yadier Molina or Albert Pujols where you're a little bit more polished with that approach. But uh, whenever you're this young, you, you're really going up there a lot of times and just swinging out of just a, sometimes a lot of crap. And, and then you come up with some, some stuff sometimes. And I think just unfortunately, Jared Kelly – that he's he kind of reminds me of that Jonathan Stever type guy where he's around the zone so much um, that I think he even sometimes gets in his own head. He, he maybe gets frustrated that he's giving up these base knocks and these doubles and these these home runs on some good pitches, um, but it's just kids just hitting the ball hard somewhere and uh, and finding some finding some grass or finding the concourse. So I mean, things of course again, like you just said, he just with all the guys graduating, basically the number one prospect now in the organization, he's going to be fine. But right now he's just he's just going through his early struggles, and we, we all do it. Um, and but I know it just it's it's likely hitting hitting him harder just because um, he, he is he's that guy that everyone's going to look at. Yeah, so you know, in a similar vein, the other two guys that are similar that always get talked about together and lumped together because of that. What is it now? Twenty nineteen draft. Um, Matthew Thompson, Andrew Dahlquist. What have you seen from those two? And then do you know anything in regards to the innings limit for these guys this year? Because obviously, like, you know, that first start was short. I think a couple of them, what, went three innings so far? Do you think, like, is, like, throwing 100 innings realistic this year? See, we're seeing a lot of guys for a lot of different teams do this piggyback system. I mean, I just got off the phone with John Coxis over there with the Columbia Fireflies and he gave me every single piggyback, a.k.a. every single guy is going to throw second um, after the starter whenever uh, throughout this entire series, and that's how they're doing it. And I think that's more aligned 
what the, the Chicago White Sox are doing right now. I've talked to Graham Harbo. Um, of course, he's uh, one of the player development directors in the White Sox organization up here in the press box. And he was telling me that, yeah, like he goes, yeah, we have a we have a pitch limit on a decent amount of the guys. So um, I, I try not to ask too, too many que- like hard any questions to him saying, hey, like, why are we why are we doing this? I, I just whenever I hear from them, I go, OK, sounds good. And uh, I'll let you I'll let you guys make the big bucks decision of the guys that you've paid uh, big bucks to. So but with Matt Thompson, man, I re- I'm telling you. He is such an energetic, fiery guy. He, after he went and tossed, I mean, he gave up, I think it was seven hits, two runs in his first debut with us, but he looked really good. He strikes out a guy. He's going to let you know about it. Uh, he was giving up some really rinky-dink hits as well um, where he was making some really good pitches um, and just some, some, some again, guys here in Lowe just able to get the bat on the ball. Uh, somehow, but I really liked what I think I've seen the most from him. I, I really like what I've seen from him. Uh, and then, but the next day he was the ball boy and he was sprinting back and forth behind home plate to there. He was giving balls to the cra- kids in the crowd. He was running around, jumping around with everybody like this kid. I, I really like him. I think the white Sox are really going to like him. He has that still Walker type uh, attitude where everyone's like, man, we couldn't wait for Steele. Of course, he's doing his things with the Texas Rangers now. But I think I, I've only talked to him a couple of times as much as we, we broadcasters can talk to people now. Um, and that's been fun. But um, if you look over Andrew Dahlquist again, he, he's, again, fallen a little bit more towards that line of, of what you got that forcing fastball, curveball, slider, and, and, and change up for him. And I mean, look, look good um, in, in the outing that we saw him uh, here in Kannapolis. And uh, I don't know. It's just base, it's such a funny game, man. It's almost like what, what, what I said with uh, Jared Kelly. It's just a funny game. Sometimes you go out there, you make your pitches, and sometimes you just got to tip your cap to the other team because they made good swings on it. And I think that's what he found in his, in his second outing but um, on, on Mother's Day. But you know what, man? I mean – Again, these guys are—they're young. They're gonna—they're gonna get better. Um, and 2019 guys, this is their first crack at minor league baseball. And this past year was just absolutely freaking bonkers. And so I think that they're gonna get their bearings underneath them. But it's just taking a little bit more time than uh, than we all wanted to. Yeah, I'm really glad that we're on the topic of pitching, and that's a really really good insight on Matthew Thompson. That's that's awesome to hear. The energy seems like he just loves being around the ballpark, and yeah. uh, he'll he'll bring it. But I'll take you back to Thompson here in a minute. But I want to go back to Jared Kelly because there, there's a couple questions that I was pondering too. And I, there's a lot of parallels to be made between Kelly Thompson and Dahlquist, given the fact that they don't have professional experience outside of three or two innings in Arizona in terms of Thompson and Dahlquist. The one thing that Thompson and Dahlquist have over Jared Kelly at this point is a couple of off seasons within the White Sox organization. So they're under the, the watchful eye of, of the org and doing their thing to prep for a professional stint across a full season. Jared Kelly, meanwhile, gets drafted in 2020, works in Schaumburg at the alternate site, again, under the watchful eye of White Sox instructors. However, this is a kid who had a very limited senior season in high school at 18 years old. Fast forward one year, he's 19, pitching in full season Canapolis. That has to have something to do with the way the White Sox and the Cannonballers are using these guys, specifically Jared Kelly, at least at the start of the season, right? Because you see the way he works, and yeah, he was victimized by some bad defense in his first outing, but in terms of the stuff, the stuff checks out. 
doesn't it? And with all that being said, I think that has something to do with where he's at across his first couple of outings of his professional career. Correct. Yeah, Mike. And I, yeah, I think the stuff does does really check out. And, and that's a great point that you made right there about him not getting too much work in in his senior season in high school. So it makes a lot of sense, of course, when these guys, you know what? I mean, I really haven't had a chance to chat with Jared Kelly about uh, after his outing, of course, just because of all the craziness uh, going on and, and not able to really communicate with the guys as much as we want to, which of course stinks. I wish I could give a lot more insight and be like, hey, like, man, it actually is his forearm, blah, 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 or maybe his quad was tightened up. But, of course, we don't, we don't all have that insight anymore this year. But I, I think it's a, a, good, a great point that you make right there, Mike, where going into a young kid's mind, uh, and it's so weird saying that because he's literally a teen. It's so, it's so crazy. Or just a, a young guy, he's probably thinking to himself, you know what, I could be on this pitch limit right now. I'm a brand-new guy, top guy in the organization, top pitching prospect in the organization. I need to prove my stuff. And whenever you're given a pitch limit, you probably think to yourself, okay, I'm limited. Now I really got to show out right here. I got, I got to do what I got to do, what they think I can do in these next, in these, in these first 30, 40 pitches. And that's it. And it may, maybe just getting a little too much into his head. I, again, I, I can't wait to be able to, to be that covered individual. So I can go down and talk to them more about it and, um, and really start to pick his brain. Cause uh, I, I think he could be here for a decent while. And, and just because, like you said, he's so young, uh, just really, just really starting to work his way into the to the White Sox organization. But again, was in Schaumburg, so we had a lot of uh, White Sox personnel on him at all times. I mean, Chris Getz was probably watching him more than anybody, and um, and I know Getz, he's he's come down here already this season. So uh, it's really interesting to see what Jerry Kelly is going to do. And I, again, expectations are high, and I think he can meet those expectations. But I think just right now the the game of baseball is getting to him, and uh, and I think he'll he'll be able to get to the game of baseball soon. Yeah, and you know his stuff is still so raw. And as a young pitcher, you, you got to be able to get three pitches over for strikes. And you talked about him attacking the strike zone. His best pitch is his fastball, slider, secondary pitch. According to reports, you know has has a really high spin rate that the White Sox were were in love with, and the changeup is a work in progress. Although again, you're facing professional hitters at this point, so you got to be able to locate as well as you know get the stuff to work the way you want it to. So there's time. Like we got to take it easy a little bit on Jared Kelly and give him some time. And you know, only going an inning or two innings a start, it, it, it looks bad on paper, but when you see the body of work, it, it'll translate eventually. All right, let's move on to Matthew Thompson quickly because the athleticism is what was touted by scouts about this player and as a pitcher that's very encouraging but I want to hear what you have to say about his delivery the mechanics the stuff you know it comes straight downhill right at you over the top delivery fastball slider what does his stuff look like to you and how how is it uh, working against opposing hitters at this point yeah and I, I feel like electric it would be the word for his just the way he just goes about his outing and you can tell that every single pitch He's putting all he's putting all emphasis into each pitch. He doesn't take a pitch off, uh, and whenever he he throws a a, a changeup or a, a slider away, he's going to come back with you. He's going to snag the ball out of snag the ball there from whoever's catching that night and get back on the bump and try to get you in there quick. I mean, he's and like you said, very athletic. Like I could easily see this guy if he makes whenever he makes it to the bigs, 
to be a guy who's going to be competing for that type of uh, uh, that, that gold glove. He kind of reminds me of like a Julio Tehran a little bit up there on the bump after he gets done pitching where he's just almost looking for the ball to be hit his way and to make a play somehow. Um, and, and so I really liked what I've seen, uh, what I've seen from him. And he's, he made that insane backhanded play uh, behind the back, 180. I don't even know what the heck that was, guys. It was just absolutely remarkable uh, play. Should have been on SportsCenter. We're still looking for our first, first SportsCenter top 10 play. So SVP, if you're listening in, uh, you missed out on our, on our best opportunity there on what the second or third day of the of the season but nonetheless I, yeah just everything about that kid the way that he carries himself uh again the fastball it, it looks faster just because he has so much momentum coming downhill and coming to the plate and you know, whenever he strikes someone out he's feeling good he's going to strut a little bit just uh, so far and just whenever we went through media day i know our videographer and our a graphic designer and and director of entertainment. They're like, man, who's this guy? This guy's got a lot of energy. We like him. So again, just a, a real fun guy to be around. And I, I think that good things are going to happen for him. And I'm just excited to see him back in person because kind of stunk only seeing him one time here in K-Town. Uh, but I know we'll, we'll be able to see him uh, in, over the next couple of days. So Trevor, you know, one of the other guys that's been in the rotation to this point is Bailey Horn was a fifth round pick last year out of Auburn, you know, just a you know, typical college type pick, but you know, he did, he got a hundred thousand or so, you know, he's the type of guy who normally probably wouldn't be in Kannapolis for that long, but I don't, I don't know what the plan is just because of COVID and what they're doing down there. Do you think he's going to stay there for a while or do you think they might like bump him to Winston at some point? Yeah, man, I really liked his stuff. I mean, he's, he's a fun little lefty, a little crafty lefty to, to, to watch. And in fact, he's got the four pitch arsenal, I believe in the fastball curveball slider and change up being a top five round draft pick guy out of college. We've seen that a lot. And you guys know more than anybody. Um, I'm surprised he's not from Oklahoma. I feel like we have the entire Oklahoma pitching staff for the last three or four years uh, throughout these two, or throughout us and Winston right now, maybe a little bit of uh, Birmingham too. But yeah, they love those college pitchers. And, and I do too. I, I, they just seem really polished guys. And, and, uh, and James, yeah, just bring up a good point and, and seeing how long he's going to be here. I know he actually, is on our down on our our our, D, our injured list right now. Um, I guess you could say uh, it is Bailey. I believe it's something to do with his quad. So I don't know what the extent of it is, and I don't I don't believe it's much. Um, and just really hoping he can get back to, to being healthy because yeah, I don't I don't see him. Whenever I saw his first outing, where he went four innings, a couple strikeouts, only walked one guy, no hits, and so I, I just he'd seen like a college pitcher up there, like he knew what he was doing. He was working the count really well. So, uh, yeah, Bailey Horn definitely got to, to look out for whenever he gets fully healthy. I, I fully expect him to be in Winston probably sooner rather than later. And then the last thing I have for you just on the pitching staff portion is, you know, with all the graduations to Chicago and guys entering and leaving the White Sox top 30 list, I saw MLB Pipeline yesterday updated their list and they included McKinley Moore and Yoelvin Silvin. Both of those guys are in the bullpen in Kannapolis. What have you thought of those guys so far? Um, yeah, so uh, McKinley Moore, a guy that we've what, we've seen just a couple times, and Yoel and Sylvan, uh, that three pitch arsenal as well as that free agent back in in 2018. I mean, the, these are a couple guys where I see in his first outing, I think Yoel uh first off, awesome name, right? Yoel and Sylvan. I mean, I don't I don't think it gets much better than that. I, I'm pretty sure he ended up going what just over three innings, struck out five, but I think he got in some some trouble 
uh, with a few walks as well. And I think that's kind of been the, the case for a few of our, our, our younger guys is just get, getting in and trying to just pound the zone. Um, and then you look at McKinley Moore. Uh, so, of course, we actually haven't seen him. Uh, I haven't seen him just yet. Just got activated um, from – he's a, a, a big dude. Again, haven't, haven't really talked to him. I know he's been with us the entire time uh, on media day and stuff like that, but he just got activated off the injury list. So I've heard a lot about him uh, from a couple of the White Sox personnel, and they were saying, hey, this guy's he's got some good stuff. So uh, y'all probably know a lot more about McKinley Moore, and I'm excited to to finally get to meet him uh, in, here in Kannapolis uh, once they – I guess they just returned, so probably tomorrow or on Wednesday, and uh, be able to jump on the phone with him and kind of talk about some of his stuff, what he can bring to the table. But, yeah, he looked like a big body. I saw him throw a couple uh, live ABs to some guys as well. So, yeah, it, it, again, the, the pitching prospects, man, it's crazy. <laughs> like like you just said, if people keep graduating and then the White Sox and uh, keep sending the Cannonballers more top 30 prospects. So, again, it's going to end up uh, calculating to some wins. It's just hopefully it's his homestand because I know our fans, uh, hopefully we can go back to as big as capacity as uh, we possibly can here. And hopefully they get uh, they get the treat uh, from the, from the K-Town boys. I man, I love pitching, and Canapolis has so many great arms. And we didn't even touch on the offense yet, and we're going to transition here. And, and Trevor, again, thank you so much for this. This is really great insight. A uh, few more for you. We'll let you go. I know you're busy on your off day too. <laughs> <laughs> so we we were looking at obviously the top thirty prospects. You mentioned it early in the podcast, and there's several batters that we're really excited about. What about the idea of the difficulty for a player? who goes from the Arizona league or the Dominican summer league playing uh, outside of the States and then suddenly being thrust into low, a professional ball in Kannapolis full season without that transition of the short season rookie affiliates or the extended spring in Arizona. As a result of what we've seen from the minor leagues being reduced, we're seeing now a lot of the challenges from players in full-season professional baseball, in minor league baseball for the first time. Is that transition taking form? Do you see that happening? Guys taking on full-season minor league baseball for the first time and struggling a bit? Yeah, I definitely do. And I think it also gets into the, like, what um, uh, the old uh, running back, Marshawn Lynch, your mentals, you got to take care of your mentals. And I think that that goes a long way with how young these guys are. Again, Brian Ramos, Benjamin Bailey, Jose Rodriguez, some teenagers out here. And like you just said, Mike, where these guys did not get that typical offseason. And it, yeah, I know no one did, but whenever you're so young and you go through your first struggles, then, man, they might they might not have struggled uh, whenever they were barely – some of them kind of struggled a little bit in Dominican in, in the Dominican League, but really not. I mean, these those three guys we just listed, they did really well at the uh, respective spots they first started out with, and then and so I think it does have something to deal with them uh, whenever they're they're making this transition. You see some really good arms, and the Texas Rangers organization, of course, and who we saw the the, the first time through uh, with the Down East Wood Ducks, and they had some, they had some really, they had some top prospects that were throwing. And, um, and even whenever they weren't top prospects, they had some guys pumping at 98, 99, hundred miles an hour. Um, so they saw some really good pitching and some pitching they likely did not see over in the Dominican league or even, uh, down in, uh, down in rookie ball, um, two seasons ago. So again, these guys, the bot, their body looks good. The Brian Ramos, Benjamin Bailey, Jose Rodriguez. I mean, guys, Benjamin Bailey, Looks like Luis Robert 2.0 up there. I mean, this dude is freaking ginormous. He looks, uh, I mean, he he looks he looks like a, a major league ball player right now, 
and again, just uh, just a teenager. So we've seen a lot of strikeouts from these guys, um, except for Jose Rodriguez. I really like him. He, he looks like he's he's a he's a go getter. He's got that Matt Thompson type attitude as well, where he's he, he hits a ball doesn't matter where it's at. He's gonna bust his butt uh, to get to wherever he needs to uh, for his team. And he's more of that team type player right now. You can see that at shortstop, he looks looks pretty solid at shortstop. I don't know if that's gonna be his official spot that he's going to stay at uh, for a while. I could see him playing a little bit more second base. Um, I think his body just is a little different um, over at shortstop. But with Lindsey Delgado going down, I know he needed to play over there. Um, and then and Lindsey, I believe, is actually just about to get activated off of our injured list. I just got off the phone with the White Sox not too long before this. So I believe he's going to be activated, which will be good. Uh, of course, of course, he went down uh, with that leg injury on opening day. Um, so it's going to be good to get him back again. Lindsey Delgado is a, a guy that I know a lot of people are looking at as well. So I mean, man, there's yeah, like you you go down DJ Gladney, uh, top twenty in the in the White Sox organization. He's a guy who's it was kind of part of that 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 league that kind of fed into the Chicago White Sox as well. One of the first ones to do so as a young gun, and he, he looks good at third base defensively. Uh, he can swing it. He can run uh, well. And James Beard, I mean, holy quick. <laughs> as, as, as dude, as dude's quick. And uh, I, I hate that for Chase Krogman of him getting, of course, uh, what, that third day with his with his uh, getting getting hit on the wrist. I mean, dude, this guy, Chase Krogman, I like him a lot. He's, he carries himself like a stud. Uh, he, he carries himself at the plate like he's going to hit a bomb off you every time, and he did already hit one. And he's got a smooth stroke, man. I tell you what, that kid – He's a, he's a smooth ball player. Whenever he gets healthy, I cannot wait uh, for Chase Krubman to come back here to K-Town. Yeah, so I think, you know, maybe the most interesting guy so far is probably Jose Rodriguez. We got a lot of questions about him. Just, you know, he was a low-dollar signing out of the Dominican, and all he's done is hit. Like, he hit in the Dominican Republic. He hit in the AZL. And one thing that scouts have said about him is that it's just like an ultra-aggressive approach at the plate where he could get exposed at some point, right? But all he's done is hit so far. So have you seen any of that? Is he just like super swing happy up at the plate, but he just hits everything. So he's like getting away with it so far. I think so, James. And that, that really is that, that young kid, that low a mentality coming out to him. And I don't, I'm not, I, again, I, I'm not a professional baseball player, coach or any of that. That's why I'm just a, a little broadcaster up here in K town in the booth, but you can tell, I'm not saying he doesn't have an approach. I know he does probably have a great approach, I'm um, just not polished yet because he goes up there taking some big daddy hacks. I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you what. But he owns the he owns the box like he's Juan Soto. He he's gonna dance around in the box. He's he's gonna if you throw a ball off the plate and he knew it was off the plate, he's gonna maneuver. He's gonna shake his hips, shake his butt. He's gonna shake his knees and his body in there and dance in that right batter's box. And he's gonna put everything he can into a swing. And and again, as soon as he hits it. He's going to bust his butt to first or wherever that may be. And so, yeah, I, again, a guy that he's got a lot, I think he's got a lot of potential. He's got a really good body, like you said, for a low dollar um, signee uh, just a couple of years ago. For him to already make it in the top 20 prospect list uh, says a lot about his body of work and about uh, really the, the work that he's put in to, to be in who Jose Rodriguez is. And I'm not a big fan of his arm sleeve. It's like a, it's like a black and an orange flame. Like I don't know, it looks a little weird, but uh, I mean, hey, whatever floats your boat, dude. And uh, <laughs> and it's working for him, so I'm not gonna say anything about him. I'll probably end up buying one myself if he ends up 
doing uh, doing so well this year. But yeah, I like I like him a lot, and and he's he's just a he's a really fun guy to play with. So whenever him and Matt Thompson are out on the field, you can tell the energy is definitely uh, more up than uh, whenever they're not. So out of those those hitters, I think. Brian Ramos is the guy who we have ranked the highest just because, you know, he was kind of, he was sent out stateside. He skipped the D- DSL, you know, and now he's in low A as a 19 year old. Is there anybody specifically, you know, which, which of those guys, those offensive guys, do you think White Sox fans should be the most excited about? Well, I, I think Brian Ramos, I would say is, um, right now I've, I just haven't seen much from Benjamin Bailey. I mean, I know he did hit that home run and, uh, he, he's got a great body, but he, he he's struggling pretty, pretty, pretty bad. And um, just striking out a lot. And uh, I think he's still flirting with that, maybe batting 100 right now, if not a little underneath it. And just it, I feel like whenever he's at the plate, I, I just don't see much confidence in him at all, which is weird. Whenever you, you, you see the guy in person, you're like, holy moly, I don't want to see this guy in a back alley. Uh, and, but whenever you look at Brian Ramos, I think his swing, I think his, uh, the way that he carries himself is, is more like a, of a major league type ball player as well. Again, I think Jose Rodriguez, maybe someone could figure him out at one point, but again, I, I love everything about him. But I think if you, if you look at Brian Ramos, I know it's not all there for him right now, the, the average, but when you look at him, it just, he he looks good at the plate. He he really does. He's just got that that look to him, that it factor. Whenever he squares up a ball, it just sounds a little bit more different um, than any of the other guys out there. So, I, I think you're right in saying Brian Ramos is a guy that uh, that Chicago White Sox people should look out for. Again, it, it may be some time just knowing how young he is, um, but I, I do I do like him out there at the out out at second base and out in the field. He's he's got he he's he think I feel like he thinks a lot and he doesn't he's not letting the game come to him and he may not bring that 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 fun energy out there to the field as much as he does at the plate and inside the dugout. So uh, again, just has a lot to learn. Um, it does Brian Ramos, but again, I I think I, I like his body. I li- I like the, his body of work and and I could really see him uh, being a good ball player in the next couple of years. Trevor, this is great. Couple more for you. We're gonna let you go. One last thing from me. Yonabil Loriano. Uh, when I look at his size, I, I was impressed with his athleticism. Six foot one eighty is what he's listed at on the on the Cannonballers website. But it seems like he's just got a lot of power in his frame. If you could speak on Loriano, that'd be great. And yeah. if you have anybody that you'd like to mention that maybe we didn't get to that stands out to you, and it could be anybody, a pitcher, a hitter, anything that you can provide that stands out to you across the start of the season. Yeah, Yo and Bill. Uh, yeah, I, I like him a lot, Lariano. He's whenever I so we ended up getting him into Canapolis, of course, a few days after the season started. So he didn't break camp with us, and as soon as he got here, we went down to take his headshot. And I looked over Patrick Leland, who was trying to, um, he was communicating for me because uh, Yo and Bill doesn't really speak uh, much English, and he looked at look at Pat Leland, our bench coach, and went, man. Dude's, I said he's he fills out his jersey. He's like he goes, dude. He's got a good body. Um, and so yeah, he's he's got a lot of power. Dude, he packs a punch, and um, he's got good baseball genes. And so I, I think that he's going to be uh, again a, a guy that not too many people know about. And he he may not be that uh, that ball player that again like top thirty prospect stuff like that. But he seems like he knows the game of baseball really well, and he just lets the game come to him. He's more of that natural born baseball player. So I really liked what I've seen from him. Um, again, AJ Gill 
guys, this is a great – I mean, a Division three baseball player had plenty of opportunities after D, after uh, playing D3 to go and, 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 and go and play D1, but just wanted to stick it out. Thought he was a great spot at Uria um, up in Chicago and was a, a, was a Chicago guy. And next thing you know, and now he's with the Chicago White Sox. So a uh, really cool story. He came up here. I mean, barely on 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 any sleep, and just absolutely, uh, and and hit that what three run shot in his second day. Had a bloop single as well, a two hit day. He's had a few other multi hit games with a few other doubles and RBI. Like I like AJ Gill, really good attitude about the game of baseball. Uh, he's he's a he's a fun guy. Ty Madrigal, his second his first outing didn't look too good, but he came in a really rough spot. Second outing, he looked really phenomenal. He really did. Of course, the the twin brother of of second baseman Nick Madrigal of the White Sox. So, yeah, again, there's there's a couple other guys that, that are not in that top 30 prospect list that are going to be uh, fun to watch. And I know Jagger Rasconi. I mean, this guy, he's battled through everything. He didn't think he was going to be playing baseball anymore after he had a really bad concussion. He was a, a what fifth-round draft pick by the, Chicago, or by the Boston Red Sox in 2015. And uh, whenever we picked him up from the airport, we I got to chat with him for a little bit. He flew in on the red eye and get an ounce of sleep, and then had to drive right to Fayetteville uh, to meet the team. So this guy, he, um, he he's going to be a grinder. He's going to be a guy that I, I don't I don't know what his ceiling is. Um, I, again, I know he's gone through two concussions, and one of them was uh, the, the team bus got in a wreck, and that was his worst one, and he could almost barely see straight for months. Uh, he thought he was going to be done with baseball and got released by the Red Sox after doing really well apparently this year during spring training, and he was not going to cover up the ball. And then they end up letting him go. And then the White Sox picked him up after him and his agent got after it. So I think Jagger Rasconi, um, besides him having probably the coolest name in minor league baseball, could be definitely a guy to watch here in, in Kannapolis. And he's a veteran guy, 23, 24 years old. So I, I think Jagger Rasconi, A.J. Gill, those are two grinders, like just absolute grinders um, that are showing that they're again they're, they may not be as polished um, as these other prospects, but they're going to be able to get to the point where they're going to be good looking ball players and can help this team win. Uh, and I think they did a lot of that uh, at their respective high schools and their respective uh, spots before they got here to Kannapolis. So yeah, uh, they're great. And then again, Guillermo Quiteros, dude, what a legend! I'll, this guy, he's he's so positive, guys. He's he's almost too positive. Like his, I talked to him almost after every game. And uh, and he's just he's got such a phenomenal attitude. He's just such an infectious attitude. And I just received calls and calls and text messages and emails, like literally dozens and dozens and dozens of them before the season starts saying, Trevor, you don't know how lucky you are uh, that, that you have him. And it, and it sucks that I can't be with him at all times uh, due to COVID uh, protocol. So that's never fun. But man, it's just a, a, a really fun squad. Patrick Leland, John Eli, some some younger guys as well with a really smart uh, eye for the game of baseball. Again, Charlie Romero, um, our hitting coach, is actually yet to be with us. He, I know he had a health issue right before. Uh, the, it wasn't COVID-related, but I know he had a health issue right before they actually broke camp. So we actually have not had a hitting coach for the first three, uh, two, three weeks now. So, of course, the, the prayers go out to him, and uh, hope, hopefully he can – uh, re- recover and, and get here as soon as, soon as possible or, or just get back to, to life as soon as possible for him. But yeah, man, just, Hey, it's still excited. We're still with the energy still high here. I mean, beautiful ballpark here in a, a beautiful revitalized city, man, this place is just pumping. I mean, I'm at, in the press box right now, looking at dozens of people walking around the ballpark. It's a public park. We're having a good time, man. And, uh, 
if, if people can make it down to K-Town, some White Sox fans, please do because we'll treat you to a good time uh, pre-game, post-game, during the game as well. And uh, it's Canapolis is going to become a, a, a melting pot of people and, and hopefully a, a melting pot of some good Chicago White Sox prospects to, to get some wins underneath their belt and, and to learn a lot of baseball. Trevor Wilt, play-by-play broadcaster of the Canapolis Cannonballers, low-A affiliate of the Chicago White Sox. Trevor, stay safe. Thanks so much for your time. You've been so generous. And, uh, yeah, we're going to be listening. We're going to be following. This is a fun team. Really appreciate your time today. Awesome, Mike. James, thank you all so much for having me on. Hey, go Sox. And, uh, hey, let's win some ball games here in K-Town. That's Trevor Wilt. You can follow him on Twitter at Trevor underscore Wilt 10. Of course, at K Cannonballers. That's where you'll follow the Canapolis Cannonballers, low affiliate of the White Sox. For James Fox and Trevor Wilt, my name is Mike Rankin. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of the Future Sox podcast. Check us out on anchor.fm forward slash Future Sox for our entire library. We'll talk to you all next time.